It's Super Bowl 55. The Chiefs looking to be the first team to repeat since Tom Brady and the Patriots. And to do it, they'll need to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Can Brady knock off the defending champs for his seventh title? We'll preview the big game right here on our Monday morning Couch Potatoes Super Bowl preview show. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. What do you hear? What do you say, buddy? Well, this is a big podcast today. It's the Super Bowl podcast preview, and that's what we're doing. We're previewing the Super Bowl game. We've got Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. Defending champions against, well, six-time champion, right? <laughs> yeah. It's time to crack a beer, though. Crack a cold one. Okay. Uh, there we go. L- let me go ahead and crack a cold one. Grab grab a beer, couch potato fans. Oh. There we go. Let me, there you go. Let me. It's good. It's nice and warm. All right, so Super Bowl preview show, baby. This is great. I'm excited. We got a lot well, of things lined up. We're going to talk about the three keys to winning the game for Tampa and Kansas, Kansas City. City. We're going to talk about the head coaches. We're going to talk a little bit about their defensive styles, their offensive styles. We know it's going to be a really, really good match i think the game's going to be probably probably one of the highest viewed i would think in uh, super bowl history and the and the reason why i say that is because first off you're not gonna have a lot of people going to the game and then you have a lot of people at home what else are they gonna do what else are we out of the 2020 year this is what we have to look forward to this is you know super bowl now what we won't have to look forward to is what i'm hearing I don't know if you can confirm this or not, T-Dog, that we're not going to see a bunch of Super Bowl commercials because they they pulled a lot of the commercials because they were afraid how the fans and the audience and everybody else was going to perceive them, and they didn't want to offend anybody in their Super Bowl commercial ads. So I heard there's going to be... What, is GoDaddy having commercials again? Are they back? Uh, they could be. I don't know. Uh, maybe nobody. Maybe nobody is back. I mean, I know. I know. There's some big players that weren't going to have um, weren't going to have commercials this year. Uh, with Budweiser being the biggest one, I think they're not going to have one for the first time in thirty something years. Um, I think I also heard that Pepsi, believe it or not, was not going to have one, even though they're sponsoring the halftime show. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Um, I could be wrong on that one, but I know Budweiser's not doing it. They actually, they said they're putting their money towards um, 
you know, what they can do for coronavirus and stuff like that. So I had not heard that they were cutting commercials because of being offensive. That's a new one to me. Yeah, I, I, no I just heard that today, actually, from from the old old wifey. She was saying that mm-hmm. a lot of the commercials were pulling their spon- – their, their, I don't know if they're pulling sponsors, but they're pulling the commercials down because they didn't want to upset anybody. You know, we've had some controversial commercials in the past. Do you remember that one? Uh, I think it was Coca-Cola when everyone was singing the national anthem, but it was in their own – it wasn't in English like it was in their own language. I don't remember that, but I know, I mean, it's, I mean, things obviously changed over the last several years. Um, you know, I think just think back to the start of the Me Too movement in Hollywood has changed a lot of the way, uh, you know, commercials and television and even movies are doing things. So it doesn't surprise me, but what would surprise me if there was even a, you know, if anybody even tried to submit a commercial that was offensive, I mean, I don't even know why we, we why they would even go there. Um, we actually had, you know, my son was over tonight, and he that GoDaddy commercial came up. <laughs> he mentioned something about the GoDaddy commercial, and, of course, my wife's like, I don't remember that commercial. And Kevin said, Dad will. And, of course, he said, hey, Dad, do you remember uh, the GoDaddy commercials? I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember those. So, yeah, I mean... Those type of things you're not going to see anymore. I, you know, this is this is we knew this was going to be a whole different type of ball game. Obviously, yeah. Um, you know, with everything they went through, all the ups and downs so far they went through this season. Um, you know, it was a constant battle to try to keep players and coaches and and everybody safe. And now it's all coming to this. You know, I mean, the NFL. We talked about it last week. NFLs had a. You know, they were kind of had a head start on this because they didn't start in the middle of it, right? They mm-hmm. were able to plan, try to figure out ways to get to their ultimate big game, the Super Bowl, and they're here. I mean, we're less than 24 hours away from it now, so um, it wouldn't surprise me if there was you know, some last-minute changes and things are going to go down um, yeah. because of coronavirus. It is, yeah, absolutely. And they are giving 7,200 fans who our healthcare workers to go to the game. So that's awesome. Yeah. How about that? Free tickets. Another, and I think another, I don't know, 15,000 people. I think they're gonna have something like 22,000 people there. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome actually. So, um, there is one thing. Let me just get over here. There's one thing that I have. Um, I, I did reach out to Tom Brady. Nice. And I was talking to him and I asked him the question. I said, I go, I go, Tom, I go, I know you're good friends with the T-Dog. Can you just give me a little bit of, of how you feel about him? And this is what he had to say. He's just, he's a great man. He's a great leader. He's a great person. He's, you know, a great friend. He's very loyal. Um, he's just got a great way about communicating effectively with everybody around here. And I was impressed with that response. I, I couldn't believe it. Now, I some if somebody asked me that same question, I'd be like, "Well, he calls me fat, kind of ugly. Uh, you suck at golf. Uh, what else have you said? You know, lots of you know, lots of things." Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, when have I when have I ever? But Tom said Brady you're con- thinks when you're have a I good ever guy. Said you're kind of ugly. I don't think I've ever said that. There you go. That's my point. Thing. But but, you know but him and Tom, they have something together, man. They have like a little uh, mamwich of something. Who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of nice to hear Tom Brady say that about the T-Dog. 
But I love it. Yeah, but to be honest with you, he's actually saying that about uh, his head coach. So he, he does like him. That's good. His current his current head coach. Current. Not about his past head coach, right? Yeah, no, he still has feelings for his past head coach. He doesn't have any ill will or anything like that. I mean, it's just business. That's a good prop bet. How often is Bill Pel- Bill Belichick's name going to be mentioned during the broadcast? Right? That, so f- that would be a good one. Yeah, so far over, one. Over under, over under, I'd say five. Yeah, I'd say over. What would you take? I, I'd probably over. You take the over? Yeah, i take over. You know that's going to come up. Oh, yeah. So, you know, T-Dog's got three keys to win the game. Let's start off uh, with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do they need to do, Tim? To win the Super Bowl. Well, they need to do a lot of things, right? I mean, obviously, they need to score more points than Kansas City. Boom, done, right? That's that's the easy one. But no, yeah. I'm thinking they, the, if there were three things that I'm thinking of, they need to do, they need to make sure they're doing. Number one is to get the deep ball going early and often, okay? I mean, the Chiefs' defense isn't going to be giving up easy throws over the middle uh, for Tom Brady. I mean, the safeties, Tyron, Matthew, and, and Juan Thornhill, they're going to make sure of that, right? So if Brady is going to produce big plays, he's going to have to do it outside of the hash marks. Um, and the first time around against the Chiefs, the deep ball was inconsistent for them, right? So I think if they can get that going against Kansas City, that's going to really help them. The second thing is to me is they're going to really maintain constant pressure on Pat, Pat Mah- or Patrick Mahomes. Now, of course, you're going to say, well, that's what every team should do to win. Well, Mahomes is one of the best in football, right? Yeah. At, at um, you know, getting getting out away from the pressure and things like that. So it, it's no secret that Todd Bowles likes to blitz. Uh, I think the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken, were in the top five this year in the NFL as far as blitzing. Um, you know, so while they, they need that pressure, they'll need to be careful not to leave the secondary hanging out there, right? So... Um, there's really no slowing down this Chiefs offense without some kind of pressure. So they really need to find that, get that after Mahomes. And, you know, you're going to have to see if Bowles can rely on that front four to make that happen because he loves to run the dime package. So you're going to have six DBs out there, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got to get guys like Pierre St. Paul and um, Barrett on the edges and then the guys in the middle, uh, what's his name, Vea and, and Dominican Sue, to really get after and create pressure. They do that, I think they're going to be in a good place. Um, and then third, take Tyreek Hill out of the game. Okay. And I'm not saying hurt him. All right. I'm not saying they yeah. need to injure him or anything. Maul him. But you remember, no, you remember that game he had. Mm-hmm. He had a monster game, 200 and something, 260 something yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. 13, and, 13 for 269 and three touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, and, and, I don't know if you remember, Bowles really switched his defense in the middle of that game. He came out at halftime. He went to a, instead of the single high safety, they went with the two safety deep. And, you know, they played that D the rest of the game. And they really played that D the rest of the year. Yeah. For the most part. And they were able to kind of calm things down, get KC kind of back in order. And Brady almost made the comeback. So if they can do those three things, I think that gives the Bucks an opportunity to win the game. Well, I... I agree with you. You Tampa Bay has got to stop Tariq Hill. And you're absolutely right. Now, he had two touchdowns in the first half of that game, the 12th game of the season. Oh, I thought it was three. Okay. He ended up having three. Okay. But he, in the first half, he had two touchdowns. And in the third quarter, he had one more touchdown. Now, one of his touchdowns was, was for 75 yards. One play, 75 yards. So, you know, of his 269, the majority of his yards came in the first half of that game. 
So Bucks defense needs to, they really need to be aggressive. They need to be on the attack. They need to go after Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, the wide receivers overall, the Bucks allowed was, they were 33, they 33 attempts for 25 catches for 200 and, uh, 366 yards that game. They only gave up three touchdowns. Yes, they were, it's Tariq Hill, but um, Kelsey, their tight end, had eight catches for 82, no touchdowns. So if you can at least stop Tariq Hill, I think you have a chance. That's a tall task, right? It's, <laughs> he's one of the best. He is one of the best. And, and really, you know, Tariq Hill, Bucks defense, and the other big one that, that we need to mention, Brady needs to stop throwing t- uh, interceptions. I mean, he threw a couple of them against Green Bay, and but Green Bay did not capitalize it. Kansas City will. So it's going to have to be a flawless game. It's going to have to be a flawless game. And uh, I, we asked Tom Brady, well, what do you think? Does experience matter? This is what he had to say about it. No. Uh, experience doesn't matter. Playing well matters. The team that wins is not going to be the most experienced team. It's going to be the team that plays the best. So we got to prepare the best. We got to execute the best. Um, we got to perform the best under pressure. And if we do that, we'll be champions. So he has to, and he is one of the probably the best preparers. And he he's won so many games. And Tampa Bay, you know, the majority of the players on that team haven't. So his experience, he may say the experience doesn't matter, but his experience of being in those games does absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and so you know tom's got you know he's got a big you know uphill battle but advantage for tom do you think tom has advantage for home field let's ask him i'm in my own bed i'm happy i'm eating uh you know good stuff at home i'm happy i'm had extra time to prepare don't have to travel don't have to pack my clothes you know pack up all my other crap so uh in our own locker room and on practice field and in our own locker room so in the end i think it's uh, there's some real positives to take from it. I mean, what do you think? I, I Kansas City pretty much stayed in Kansas City all the way up until yesterday. I think it was or today or yesterday, Saturday or Friday. They ended up flying out then, so they didn't even they didn't even you know it's not the typical Super Bowl experience anymore, right? Yeah, right. Um, it's not like they were out for the whole week celebrating, having a good time, and then hunker down. I mean, you're talking about two teams, one team that's at home. I think there's a slight advantage to that, even though Kansas City beat them at home, however, you know, week 12. Yeah, I don't, I just don't know. I think it's one of those things where if, if we, if you take coronavirus out of this equation, maybe this would matter, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I think, you know, the Super Bowl is being played on typically a neutral site. This is the first time, obviously, that a team is is you know playing in their host field. Um, but you're not going to have the typical fan base that those 7,200 or whatever tickets that you talked about, yes, a good chunk of those are from the local area, but there were others that were sent out across the entire country mm-hmm. for different um, first responders and medical personnel to be able to attend the game. Yeah. Um, and then an additional so many thousand tickets. Um, so I think it's just this, everything is so different right now and everything's just so up in the air 
that I don't know if the home field is going to be quite the advantage from a when once they're on the field versus yeah, like Tom said, hey, at least I didn't have to pack shit up and you know worry about where you know where I was going to be sleeping or whatever. Not worry, yeah. but you know, yeah, I, I get it from a, that perspective. But I don't think anybody's going to go out onto that field from Tampa Bay and be like, man, I know I'm going to kick ass today because I slept in my own bed last night. I, I just don't. I don't think that's really going to be the difference for me. Yeah. I think what they're what they're losing in the overall fan experience is more is much bigger than you know being in their hometown or whatever the case may be. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out with Tampa having that home field. Well, Tom Brady also said he has a plan. Let's hear what his plan has to be. We got an opportunity to do it. It's certainly not going to be easy, and uh, it's going to take everything we got. We're going up against um, a great championship level team. And it's going to take our best. It's going to take their best. That you just said that. You just said that. You're re- basically repeating what Tom Brady's already saying. Now, the other mm-hmm. thing you, you, we cannot forget about in this game, which I don't think he was so much of a factor in Week 12, but AB, Tony Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for Tom's sake, it's part of one of the keys. I think if you get him involved, I think that's going to, you know, bode more, you know, but dividends in the end, you're going to get more, you know, you're going to see more opportunities. So the three keys to Kansas city, my friend, Well, I was just going to say, based on what you just said, I mean, that's the one thing about that's nice about Tampa Bay is they actually have one of the deepest receiving cores in, in football. And Bruce Arians knows how to get those, all those guys in there. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to get, of course, the big dogs, Mike Evans and Scotty Miller and Chris Godwin and all those, and he likes to move them around. But, yeah, I mean, they're a deep receiving core, and that's something that Tom Brady's going to really need to work with, um, again, if they're going to get a victory. So, yeah, no question about that. So the three keys to Kansas City, and then we'll talk about just their overall matchup, the two quarterbacks throughout the year. Are they evenly there? But let's talk about the three keys to Kansas City. So, What's your three keys, my friend? I could start off if you like. You started off last time. So let me start. Let me start off. So for Kansas City to win, does Andy Reid need to throw in a trick play? Oh, you know you're going to see at least one in there. That's what I'm thinking, right? Trick play, maybe. He also needs to spread out passing. He needs to get his guys involved. Tariq Hill needs to be involved. Not that they haven't really been involved, but Patrick Mahomes, this is the opportunity. This is what everyone's. This is the end game. So everybody is there to play the best. So get the ball to your best guys, right? Um, get it in your playmaker's hands, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, get after the, you got to get after the quarterback. You got to rush the quarterback. You got to rush after Tom Brady. And you have to allow um, the safeties and cornerbacks to come up and make plays to possibly intercept Brady because he can be intercepted. As we saw last week, he can be intercepted. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the Chiefs go, play hard, maybe throw in that trick play, and defense needs to come up, and they need to come up big, too. Because if the defense doesn't come up big, I don't know. Tom Brady can burn you still. And throw in that trick play. Got to throw in that <laughs> trick play. Yeah. How about you, No, too? I mean, that's – no, you're right there. As a matter of fact, the, the first thing I – thought about when you you know you asked what are the three things the Chiefs need to do to win was get after Tom Brady there's no question I mean and that seems obvious because we mentioned it earlier the Bucks need to get a, consi- a consistent deep ball in order to you know keep the 
the Chiefs defense on their heels. And the best counter for that is what? To make sure you don't give Tom Brady too much time to set his feet and wind up a rainbow, right? Yeah. So the Chiefs actually, Ron, I'm glad, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because they were one of the best teams in the league at creating pressure. So they're going to need to do that again against Brady in the game, the final game of the year, the one that matters. Um, you know, so they're going to need game big games from like Frank Clark, uh, you know, Chris Jones, who's been basically is probably the second best defensive tackle in football behind Aaron Donald. But Clark, he did not have a great year this year. So he needs to step up as well. So they need to get some pressure on the edges. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you on getting after Brady. And up the middle, they need to get Daniel Sorensen. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a beast anyways. That guy is mm-hmm. absolutely a beast. And and uh, LaJarvis Sneed. And don't don't forget about uh, Tyree Matthew and uh, Kendall Fuller. Those guys. Yeah, well, but see, that's the thing. I mean, it, that's where they, you know, they need to get creative because of the fact, and they need to get some pressure from that front four. He's going to be running a lot of, um, you know, he's going to have the same thing. He's going to have some additional defensive backs on the field to try to counter things. So I think that getting after Tom Brady, I agree. That's one of, that was one of my three. And, you know, another one I had as well was, was on the defensive side is make red zone stops. Yeah. Kansas City needs to do that. And, again, that's another thing that sounds obvious for a team to win the game. But the Chiefs were the worst team, Ron, and I mean by a mile, the worst team in football in the red zone at not allowing touchdowns. So they cannot afford to let Brady tear them up in the red zone right here. They've got to kick him, force him to kick field goals. And you remember what we talked about last week or two weeks ago, you're not going to beat the Kansas city chiefs by kicking field goals, yeah. right? The Buffalo bills learned that. Sorry, bills fans, right? Not to open up that wound, but you're not, you can't kick field goals yeah. and beat the damn chiefs. You got to You've got to score touchdowns. So make red zone stops is going to be important for the chiefs in to me in that one. And then the last thing to me, yeah, you talked you talked about the passing. You talked about getting the receivers and open things up and everything. Um, but to me, it's get they need to get creative in the run game. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know the Bucks had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. I believe they were in the top five, and the the Chiefs had their fair share of injuries this year. Um, you know when you when you've got a a Patrick Mahomes and an off and a, an offensive mind like Andy Reid. You can figure out ways to keep the Bucks defense guessing. But, you know, I know that Cl- they got that, uh, what's his name, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They yeah. got him, he's back. But I think they need to be patient with him. They need to, you know, the last time they met, the Chiefs actually passed the ball, I think, 75% of the time. Yeah, it was you know, not. They were comfortable with that. Yeah, they, didn't was... run the, they didn't run the ball a lot. Correct. But I think, you know, I, I don't want them to get, hopefully they don't get, like, stupid and think, oh, we got to figure out a way to run the ball. This is the way you win football games or whatever. No, you can get creative and figure out ways to to work that in. You know, they'll do some jet sweeps probably with Tyreek Hill or at least fake some of that stuff. They do a lot of that misdirection. Um, but if they can get creative in the run game to me, like you said, get after Tom Brady and stop Brady in the red zone, make them kick field goals, I think that will put the Chiefs in position to win, which I think they're going to win anyway, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting you say that because the run game for either one of those teams, uh, either one of those uh, teams actually are Ronald Jones had some good, good games. I mean, he ended up the going top two passing teams in the league this year. I, I know like, no question, but yeah. he, but Ronald Jones ended up being one ninety two for 978 yards and seven touchdowns. And, uh, Clyde Edward was uh one eighty one for eight Oh three for four touchdowns. I mean, looking at their stats, like team stats, everything is pretty dang close, man. It's, it's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much as far as the yards for the receiving 
teams because obviously Kelsey and Hill have they exceed by two or four hundred more yards than the rest of the player, the rest of the wide receivers on Tampa Bay. But you have way more thousand. You have what you only have two thousand yard receivers on Kansas City. You only have one on Tampa Bay, but you have a lot of them in the four to eight hundred mark. Antonio Brown finished off 45 for 483 and four touchdowns. Chris Goodwin ended up 65 for 840 and seven touchdowns. Their, their main man, obviously Mike Evans, 70 catches, 1,006 1, yards for 13 touchdowns. I mean, Travis Kelsey ended up 105 for 1416. And mm-hmm. Tariq Hill was eight, one of the best. Yeah. Crazy good. 87 for 1,276 yards and 15 touchdowns. It's like Nintendo numbers. I mean, it's like they're they're playing a video game when you see that offense out. They remind you of the greatest show on turf back when the Rams were playing. Well, let's hear what um, Patrick Mahomes has to say about Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it would uh, – I didn't know he would be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'll tell you that. Uh, I thought it was going to be yeah, – I'd have been on the NFC somewhere, but uh, – I mean, uh, it's 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 special. I mean, I've had a, a great start to the career, but it's because I'm in a great organization with a lot of great people around me, and I just try to take advantage of the all the opportunities that I've been given, um, and not don't let them uh, take them for granted. And I understand that it's been a, a blessed situation, and I'm going to try to do whatever I can to get another Super Bowl ring. You know, um, he is in a blessed situation. Who knows where he would have been if the Bears would have taken him? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. We talked about that. Yeah, I mean, would he be the quarterback he is with the coaches, coaching staff in Chicago? I don't know. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You know, we you remember we mentioned that, you know, when he was coming out of college, one of the biggest knocks for him was his ability, inability to read defenses, right? Well, yeah. let's think about this. If anything, you know, how much of the coaching had to do with him improving greatly in that department and look at how well Trubisky was at reading defenses. Very poor. Right. Yeah, very poor. So there you go. I mean, if he got the same coaching Trubisky would have got, would he have the same outcome? Probably not. So it is would it, have been fun to see Mahomes throwing the ball to Allen Robinson, I'll tell you that. So it's a, is it Eric Bianami though? That's who's the offensive coordinator. The, o, the OC. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he has any input. And I don't know how long he's been, um, probably since Nagy, I would assume, left. Yeah, I would. I believe he, he got the job after Nagy yeah. left, yeah. So, I mean, you know, hey. Tip your hats off to Eric Biamini for making this kid who he is. And and Eric B and, and a side note, Eric Biamini should be a head coach somewhere, and I think he's gonna get the short end of the stick. Because he his team's in the playoffs, nobody can talk to him and everybody else is doing all their interview process. So fingers crossed he gets a gets a head coaching job out there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny that you 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 played that little bit about Mahomes talking about Brady. And, I mean, you know, he didn't know he was going to go to the Buccaneers. The one thing that I don't know if a lot of people know about, Ron, is that the 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 way Bruce Arians runs that offense, right, he's got – he there's a lot of – he requires receivers to change their routes based on the coverage they're seeing. The quarterback and the receiver, they have to be very flexible in that way, right? Yeah. Um, read the coverage – and adjust on the fly. And that's, you know, Tom Brady was not necessarily used to that. It took time for Brady to get comfortable with that. Um, You know, as he played so many years putting the ball in a spot and expecting the receiver to be there after running the expected route, right? So, you know, to see him kind of come along this season with that and through the the tutelage of Arians, and Arians, of course, 
gave him a ton of leash room. I mean, he, you know, cut ton of leash. It was like, this is your offense, man. Go out and run it. Here's my concept. You know, obviously my concept is to ask both the receiver and the quarterback to read that coverage post snap and make a play, yeah. you know, make a decision, be snappy, be quick. He's got a smart enough quarterback to be able to do that. Uh, but just to see him kind of evolve away from how he ran things with Belichick in, in New England was interesting. Yeah, well, you know, with with Coach Arians, the other thing that's really interesting, and and maybe this is why he can do this with Brady. If you look back on his NFL coaching career, he was the first quarterback coach of Peyton Manning. So he was he was on the Indianapolis Colts in '98, and he was the quarterbacks coach. Bruce Arians was. Yeah, and you can only imagine how Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, you know, he can read defenses like nobody's business, and he evolved and he became the player who he is. Well, he's got the equivalent. I'm not saying uh, as far as reading defenses in Peyton in Peyton Manning to Tom Brady, he's got that same guy, so he can trust him to make the right choices or to make the right throws when needed. So. <laughs> You know, that's pretty impressive. It's kind of almost like a coaching circle as far as, you know, you were the quarterback's coach for Peyton Manning, who's undoubtedly a Hall of Fame, and then you end your, you're end ending somebody else's career who's absolutely a Hall of Fame, possibly greatest of all time, Tom Brady. What do you mean ending? He says he wants to play till he's like 50. Yeah, well, then he'll be playing when he's on Tampa because Tampa's never going to let him go. I don't know if Aaron Arians is going to go that. I mean, he's, I think he's the second oldest Super Bowl coach, if I'm not mistaken, behind, um, uh, it was a guy from Buffalo, Marv Levy. Well, Arian did come up through Bill Cower as well. So, you know, that's the, like the coaching, coaching tree. tree yeah. yeah. So let's ask, let's see well, what. I think the, he's got a couple of, so he's got two Super Bowl titles as an assistant. They probably was one with the Steelers and the other one with, um, with the Colt, with the Colts, I know uh, he's got a couple. I know he's got a couple in his assistant, but not a big deal. Go ahead, you were going to go to something else. Yeah, no, no, no. I, he, yeah, I was trying to find what you were looking for, but yeah, he's got. A, I'm sure he's got a couple of rings. Yeah, because he was the with the Colts from '98 to 2000. Cleveland Browns, he didn't win anything there. Pittsburgh Steelers, 2004 to six, and 2007 to 11. So I'm sure he won something in there with Pittsburgh. Colts in 2012, Arizona, we, he was head coach 2013 to 17, and then currently from 2019 to now, Tampa. Patrick Mahomes had this to say. Uh, I mean, uh, we'll see, I guess. I mean, I, I feel like we've, we, we've had the lucky enough to go there and find a way to win a game. Um, they, no. they have a really good football team that's playing better football even than when we played them uh, last time. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it, it, it's a Super Bowl. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be on the big stage no matter what. Um, but uh, as far as uh, an advantage, I mean, we will see because it's the first time it's ever been done. So that was about uh, Patrick Mahomes had that to say about home field advantage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, first time it's ever been done. He doesn't know. He's a young kid. What does he care? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's That's really. Like I said, I don't, I don't I think don't it's going to bother think, him. I don't think it's going to be that much of an impact. I really don't. And then um, Andy Reid, let's talk a little bit about Andy Reid, right? We talked a little bit about Bruce Arians, but Andy Reid, man, this guy, that's all he does is know how to win. I mean, he was, he may not always know, 
Yeah, he may not always know how to win Super Bowls. He hasn't really been to that many, to be honest with you. What, two? One with the Eagles and uh, last year? Yeah. But he's, you know, if you look at his pedigree, which is he was Philly from 1999, first year in, his team won 5-11 and 11 and, had, and was fifth in the conference. Then it was second, first, 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 first. Fourth, first, fourth, second, second, first, second, fourth. I mean, the, the worst he had was his first year in. Fifth in the NFC East. Didn't make it to the playoffs. And he's been a second. He's been a fourth. They weren't in the playoffs then. But still, I mean, hell, for the well, last... He was fourth. It was to be his fourth later on. He was in last place in the division because there were only four teams after 99. So, yeah, he's had a couple of... But I get you, I get what you're saying. I mean, I mean, he's, he's a proven he knows winner. How to win. I mean, like yeah. I said, he's in the top five. I don't know exactly where he's at. He's he's got he's in the top five. I don't know if he's fifth or fourth or whatever, but he's definitely one of the most the winning co- coaches. But he did win a Super Bowl, not as a head coach. Do you know which team he won it for? As well, an, he won a Super. No, as an uh, offensive assistant, offensive um, coordinator assistant. I would say San Fran. No, that's good. I, I can see where you're you're going with it. No, he actually won it with Green Bay. Oh. So nice. first Super Bowl with Green Bay. Uh, he was under Marinucci. Mariucci. Mariucci, excuse me. Steve Mariucci. When Steve went to San Francisco, he tried to recruit Andy Reid to San Francisco. That's where, my, that's where my mind was going. And Holman put a kibosh to it. He's like, no. Holgram, Mark, Mike Holgram. Holgram, yeah, excuse me. Holgram, whatever. He goes, he goes, no, you're not, tech, you're not taking Andy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, There's no question he's a good coach. I mean, and you look at the Chiefs, and I think other than the Saints, ever since he's been in, in Kansas City, I think the Saints are the only team that's averaged more points over that time. So he's an incredibly smart quarterback. He knows how to – or a coach, rather, quarterback. Um. And he's a great offensive mind. There's no question about it. And he's he's found success. And here now he's got arguably the best quarterback in the game. Not the best quarterback ever, right? But the last couple of years, he's been the best quarterback. Absolutely. As far as all the way around, everything that he brings to that team, the excitement, the intangibles, the the ability to to make a play while on the move and to make changes and to throw sidearm and backwards and yeah. through his legs and with his eyes closed. I mean, the, the dude can do everything and he's, and he's proven it. So Andy Reed's Andy Reed's been very fortunate and lucky, but Andy Reed used to be a player for BYU. So who do you think he played with? Jim McMahon. Yes. He, mm-hmm. Andy Reed was an offensive tackle. So he played. So he blocked for the punky QB. Huh? He blocked for I wonder the, if he's the one that stuck him in the eye with a fork. He might've been. Because he was hungry. Because he was a big guy back then. But yeah, I mean, I wonder, Andy, Andy Reid, you know, is he's had some ups and downs, especially in his personal life. But still to come back and stay dedicated and focused to, I mean, really, he's only coached two teams. It's not like he coached, you know, 9,000 teams. Philly for a bunch of years and Kansas City for a bunch of years. And every time, there's only been one year that Kansas City didn't make it, and that was 2014 into the playoffs. Every year beyond that, they have been. But, you know, somebody was asking Tom Brady how he felt about being compared to Michael Jordan. Here's what he had to say. 
Well, Michael's one of my sports idols, so I think he's pretty incredible. And I think um, for me, it's just it's about being a part of a lot of great teams. And um, to have the opportunity to play in this game um, means a lot to me. It just it's a lot of commitment sacrificed by a lot of guys. And obviously, we're one game away from uh, the ultimate goal in this sport. And um, I've been a part of that ultimate goal six other times. So they're all different. They've all meant something a little bit different to me. They've all been very unique in their own way. And uh, it'd just be cool to accomplish it this time. I don't compare them to the other times. Those were all magical moments in my life. And no one could ever take those away from me. And uh, hopefully we can finish this season strong and, um, you know, win a Super Bowl. That's you know, people can take it away if they found out that he was on performance-enhancing drugs. You're going to be stripped of all your Super Bowl wins, Tom. But you're not, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. But to compare him to Michael Jordan, they're just going by wins. I mean, they're going by championships. That's it. So he's got six so far out of nine. But really, he has nine magical moments, three of them not so magical. They lost. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know if you think about it that way. I think about it a little bit differently. I mean, when you when you ask somebody, okay, who's the greatest player of all time in, in basketball. And the first thought that comes to mind is Michael Jordan. Yeah. He won six titles. He didn't win more than Bill Russell. Bill Russell won almost twice as many. Yeah. Right. Won 11 titles. It's not necessarily all about the titles in, in that minds as far as I know. I mean, but when you think about, you know, when somebody's going to say, okay, who's T- Tom Brady compared to in the grand scheme of things, Michael Jordan's name is going to come up when you talk basketball. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky is going to come up when you talk hockey. Yeah. Right. Though That's the type of, when you think about what he's been able to accomplish, I mean, he's been, he's been in the league. I think he's made it to the Super Bowls almost 50% of the time he's played. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That, for him to be in the, to be in the league for as long as he has and to be, to go into what I think I, read it earlier, it was like 48% of the Super Bowls that he's been the, the chance to play in. He's been in them. I mean, come on. So this is – we just talked about earlier about Mahomes having an opportunity to repeat for the first time since the early 2000s, which is the last time Brady did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to win the Super Bowl. It's hard. It's hard to win it twice in a row. I mean, it's really freaking hard, dude. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So to be to do what Tom Brady's been able to do, and over the consistent, you know, over the period of time, yes, he's had a, an, an incredible coach in Bill Belichick. But how much has Brady made Belichick who he is today? Belichick certainly had a hand in Brady, but how much did Brady have in Belichick? Right? You, you talk about all those things. You know, Phil Jackson being one of the greatest coaches of all time. Well, he also had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and then he followed that up with Michael Kobe Jordan Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, he was a great coach, but, you know, these players, I mean, you look at Tom Brady, I, I could see putting him and Michael Jordan in the same well, sense. Well, let's let's hear what Tom Brady actually has to say about going to the Patriots. We got an opportunity to do it. It's certainly not going to be easy, and uh, it's going to take oh, that, everything. That's the wrong one. Here it is right here. To the Buccaneers? No, to the I Patriots. Had- you know, I had an incredible 20 years, you know, really this incredible 20 years. And I wouldn't change anything over the course of 20 years that were magical and all the relationships, again, that I developed. And, um, you know, those shaped me into who I am as a person, as a player. Uh, my kids were born in Boston. Um, 
you know, I have great affection for the city, the everything that uh, Boston has meant to me and my family and all of New England, not just Boston. I didn't even know where New England was when I got picked by New England. That was always a funny story. They called me and they said, oh, you've been picked by New England. And I was like, that's amazing. Where's New England? And I uh, landed in Providence, which really screwed me up because that's not even in Massachusetts. So, you know, it, it was a great 20 years. And at the end of the day, you know, I had an opportunity to, you know, again, become a free agent. I evaluated different opportunities and um, just tried to make the best possible decision for myself and my family. See, this is why I know that Tom Brady is a, is a big fan of the T-Doc because he said his key line at the end of the day. I heard that. Yeah. At the end of the day, he had to do what was best for his family. But he's absolutely right. I mean, you know, we've been talking about over the last few podcasts is Belichick, you know, the the best head coach, or was it Brady? The reality of it is they both worked off of each other, and they both mm-hmm. needed each other. And Belichick, what makes Belichick and the, the Patriots even better than I would say the teams that are the other teams that are out there is that they went to Brady and said, can you restructure? What number one quarterback ever was asked how many times, so many times, to restructure a contract so they can get more players in to benefit him? And he did it. Now, granted, when he was doing it, he was worth a lot of money, and his wife was worth twice as much, mm-hmm. twice as much as money as he is now. He's worth two fifty. She's worth four fifty million. 450 million. So combined, they're, they're almost at a billion dollars combined. But he didn't have to take those large paychecks to suck the team dry so they can't get the, the people in. Yeah, remember, they had Randy Moss. They Terrell Owens, I think, was even on that team for a, a skit. Antonio Brown was on that team for sure for a little bit. But they were getting people in to help benefit Brady. And Brady was fine with that now could you imagine tampa bay right now so next year you know they got tom brady on a two-year contract i don't think it's lots of money it's it's really heavily laden with incentives or incentivized for him if he i think he's in the 20 million range or something very affordable very affordable he's got 15 million base and another 10 million in potential okay so let's uh, say that he wants to continue on beyond his two years he could just take a rookie contract deal, dude, because he doesn't need the money. He says, listen, I could throw the ball. I'm good at it. Give me the rook. Give me the minimum because I don't. What do I care? It's not because it's not about the money anymore. It's about getting to the Super Bowl. And then you get the players around me that we can go to the Super Bowl because we're going. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, mean, I mean, it, you could almost yeah, see that cat playing for another couple more years after the fact. Well, he did say he wanted to play, I think, till 50 or something like that. So that would be awesome. And he's no, only 43. I mean, if he could, could freaking do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but it would be awesome if he could, you know, imagine, you know, I'm in my 50s, you know, once once we get to that part, and then he's out there still playing quarterback for the for the Patriots. Yeah, he, for, the for Tampa. Or whoever he decides to play for. Yeah, he's, he's 43. That's seven more years or six more years of playing. So who's going to score the first touchdown, man? Let's get down to the meats and the potatoes of the game now. Enough of history, enough of, you know, uh, the two quarterbacks. First off, just so you guys know out there, Couch Potato fans, Patrick Mahomes threw for 4,740 yards, 
38 touchdowns, six picks, with a quarterback rating of 108.2. Tom Brady threw for 4,000. will not win the MVP. <laughs> Tom Brady threw for 4,633 yards, just about 114 yards less. 40 touchdowns, two more touchdowns than Mahomes, but he threw for 12 picks, not six. So he's doubled his picks. He had a quarterback rating of 102.2. The interesting thing, which I thought was, is Mahomes threw for 20-plus attempts for 20-plus yards. Brady threw for 63 catches for 20-plus yards. But Brady had 12 40-plus yard receptions, and Mahomes only had eight. I thought that was interesting. I thought Mahomes would have had more. But let's get to the meat and potato because honestly, you know, as we were saying in the three keys of the game, you know, you almost can say for each side, your running back could be the big key of the game. Could be the one that Fournette, who's coming on for Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones. Yeah, they're de- they got a pretty decent backfield. Yeah, I mean, if they can make something happen, that could be the key of the game. But who's going to score first? Now, we, I sent out a text message to the Couch Potato fans asking about prop bets, what would be a good prop bet. John Mandala said that he thought that Fournette was going to be the first one to score a touchdown a running in the first half or whatever he had said. But first one running, uh, scoring one on a, on a run-in. On a rushing mm-hmm. touchdown. Now, I don't know if it, it... I think it's... For a one-yard touchdown run in the Super Bowl, that has happened like 98% of the time. So that would be a good prop bet. But who do you think, T-Dog, is going to be scoring the first touchdown of the Super Bowl? Well, I'm going to give you one of each. I think I'm going to give you who's going to score the first touchdown for each team. Okay. And then out of those two, who I think is going to score first, because you're going to, you're going to hear here that I'm, I'm, this is a very, um, I'm leaning towards the tight ends in this one right here. And I think the first chiefs touchdown and first touchdown of the game is going to be Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey has actually had a pretty darn good career against Todd Bowles, his, his defenses averaging nearly a hundred yards receiving and, and the four times that he's yeah. played against. So that's the first one. Now the first touchdown for the Bucks, I think is going to be Rob Gronkowski. You know, as you can see, like I said, I think the tight ends are, are going to come up big in this game, especially as they help their QBs underneath and deal with the pressure that the defenses will be thrown at them. Like we talked about. And I look at Brady to get his old buddy in there get his old buddy into the end zone and look for a touchdown. He's that's his little security blanket. So, to me, I think the first touchdowns are going to come from the tight ends with Kelsey beating Gronkowski to the finish line. Now, so how about you? <laughs> I'm, like, throwing my pen up in the air. I'm just trying I to really, show I you. Oh, I, no, I saw it. So, saw it. so before we got together tonight, we, I asked him, I said, well, you know, what are we going to talk about and what do you have? What do you want to talk about? And he's like, let's talk about three games. Let's talk about who's going to. Three, yeah, three, three keys needed for each team to win. Yeah. Correct. And then you're like, let's talk about who's going to score the first down and let's talk about the coaches. I said, all right, that's cool. And while I'm doing my research and pulling my data together, I put down Tampa Bay Gronk tight end. <laughs> Chiefs. Kelsey, tight end. I put Dude, down that, both. That just shows you and I, man, we're like, we're on the same Like two peas in a pod, baby. Two fat peas in a pod. And you know what? 
you know what? We put two, our two brains together. We'd still only have half a brain. But, hey, at least we know how to talk football, baby. That's right. So I have Kelsey and I have Gronk both scoring the first touchdown of the game. And guess what? We'll both be wrong. Because <laughs> Mondala says it's going to be Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. How about Super Bowl squares? You get yourself some squares this week? I did. I, I mean, you got some on your card? Yeah, I got I got shitty numbers on oh, your yeah. card. I did, anyway. No, you didn't. I My number. Uh, for yeah. T-Dog? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of a different one. Yes, yours, I got awesome ones. Yeah, so uh, my son has a a uh, charity, you know, helps his hockey team out. You know, I asked the T-Dog, I said, hey, whoa, man. Whoa, do you- whoa, 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 whoa. Charity. You no, no, you're going to win money. You're going to win none. full amount? You're not going to win full amount. I don't want to give my share to none of these damn kids. I want my full share. Baby. So my kid, yeah, right. So my kids have a hockey. My kid is in a hockey club, uh, the Las Vegas Storm, and the uh, the parents said, "Hey, let's do some football football squares. Can you reach out to people?" I'm like, you know what? I know somebody that might be interested. I'll I'll reach out to T Dog, and I do, and I wrote down. I'm trying. I'm trying to find it. Actually, I think you're right. I got like zero and seven and three and three, I think, or something. Oh, yeah, dude. You got, like that. I got decent numbers. You got very decent numbers. So he ends up with like three and three, zero and seven. But he did he did more picks than I did. But let me see if I can let me see if I can find it here. In- well, while you're looking for that, so go ahead and look for that. Is one thing that's interesting about football squares that I was talking to, to my son about tonight. And you know, when you think about the numbers you get in a football squares, you would always be like, ooh, zero and zero or seven and three or, you know, seven and seven and things like that. And those were always really good numbers. But if you got stuck with like nine and six or, you know, four and eight, you were always like, that sucks, right? Yeah. Well, I think that made sense back in the day. But now, now that they're kicking the extra point from the, you know, it's a 25-yard kick instead of a two-yard kick, you know, I bet you that's not that big of a deal anymore. We how many extra points did we see miss this year? Where instead of the team being up seven to three, they were up six to three, and then they, you know, the other team kicked a field goal. It's tied at six, and they kick a field. It's nine six. Suddenly, your nine six number, which you thought looked like shit, was pretty good numbers. Seven and three and zero and zero and all that shit really didn't not so good. So I think that that moving that extra point kickback has uh, might give you an opportunity. Well, then it would mess up your numbers. Exactly. So it's, you know, those seven and three may have been great back in the day, but maybe not so much anymore. Yeah. Well, I think three and three is a great one personally. Well, because, well, you guys don't have the reverse, but this other pool I'm in, they have the reverse pays as well. So if you got three and three, you win the whole damn quarter because it's like a hundred bucks for the score or like 25 for the reverse. So you end up winning the whole damn thing, all 125 bucks if you got three and three. Nice. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, I got some decent squares in yours. The other one, not so much. Uh, we got in another uh, football square with the Matusics, our buddies up, our couch potato fans up in Northern Illinois. Awesome. And I didn't get great numbers there, but okay. So we're gonna end this podcast with our final. Who's scores. gonna win? Who's gonna win yeah. in final score? I hope, let me now. I have not written this down, so I'm gonna write my number down in front of you. Well, what's Not, go, so you, you can have, see it. Why don't you go and uh, tell us what uh, some of our fans put as their picks first? Because we had some fans that put some. Uh, um, we did put some of their picks. Yeah, yeah. Remember, because I put on there Ditka. Oh, that's right. Packers won. That was under Facebook, right? 
it uh, yeah. Yeah, let's, but yeah, we can see what some of our uh, couch potato fans, what they felt are some scores. I know they threw some in there. As long as, yeah, it's long. <laughs> John Mandela, dude, he, he, he's been putting so many, like this guy he is our, he is our avid. That guy is the epitome of Chicago sports. If you want to talk anything, Ron, about the Blackhawks, about the Bears, about what happened in a bar in, you know, October of 1987 in the South side of Chicago, who, who was there? I mean, this guy knows his shit and we'll get, we, we got to get him on a podcast one time. Yeah, we definitely got to do that. And, and his memes him. are, ki- they crack me up, dude. Yeah. Have you seen his yeah. memes? Yeah. He's, he's been in Facebook jail with some of the shit he's been putting on there. He used to work for me actually. I should have fired him, but uh, he ended up getting promoted. <laughs> Good so for him. He must've been doing something right. And there's nothing wrong with expressing your most innermost things. So, <laughs> and if it gets you in trouble too bad. Yeah, he was in Facebook jail for a while, but I think he's out now. So it's under groups. I'm trying to see where where I posted that um, that Monday morning couch potatoes question. So I said the prop bets. John McDonald's did say for, uh, Fournette scoring a first half touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we are. So uh, Brian Bolin, who's a friend of mine at work, said Kansas City wins 31 to 20. John Madala says Tampa Bay is going to win 27 to 24. Ooh, taking the box. Timothy Wilberger, the T Dog, said Dicka, 132, Packers won. <laughs> and then Tyler Schmeling, uh, one of our good friends who has his own podcast called uh, Medically Unbiased, he says 33 to 7, Kansas City to win. Whoa. Ah. But he's not a sports guy. He has no idea. He's just throwing numbers up. But three and seven, that would that would definitely uh, pay off the T-Dog, that's for sure. That would work for me, yeah. So, so Boland said, what would you say his name was, Boland? Uh, Brian Boland. Brian Boland, KC 31 to 20. Yep. Schmeling, Schmelly? Schmeling. Schmeling. Schmelly Cat said 33 to 7 KC. And then J- John Boy thinking the Bucks are going to win. Well, Hold on, I gotta, I gotta. I'm writing. I'm literally writing down uh, the win here. What What are you writing down? Why the are you wasting our time? Here? No, no, because it, it's important that I do it in front of you, and then you do it in front of me, and then we're gonna show each other. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know what that's all about, but okay. Okay, okay. I am ready. Yeah, are you? I'm ready. I have a feeling we're going to be opposite. Do you? I do. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're going to show each other on camera, but we will read it out out loud. Here we go. I'm. Fl- Are you going to flip yours? I got it. Oh, so I, am- I was going to. So I am taking Kansas City. Yeah. In overtime, 33 to 27. 33 to 27 on a 46-yard touchdown catch and run. Wow. By Tyreek Hill. And I've got Tampa Bay 32 to 31. I was going to say in overtime. Which would be impossible. But I didn't do that. I know it would be. (laughs) I didn't do that. 32 31 final. And we're going to talk. It's going to be a, it's going to be 29 31 with a kick going into the end of the, 
with one second left. It's good. And I think we will. The upright double doink. No double doinks, Chicago fans. And hey, I. We didn't, hey, we didn't do a. Uh, uh, oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who gets that? Cody Parkey. Run his ass over. Because that bastard ruined our chances to, to our chances to win a Super Bowl. So let's smack wagon goes to Cody Parkey. That guy sucks a bag of dicks. Double doink. Ruined it for the Bears two years ago. Fuck Parkey. They run over twice as far as I'm concerned. And he just got ran over. Go. Well, well, couch potato fans. I, you know what? This was been this was absolutely fun fun podcast so we are gonna say then it's been a great time sunday 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 super bowl sundays tomorrow my friends so you've been listening to monday morning couch potatoes visit our website at monday morning couch potatoes Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter or tweet us at MMCouchPotatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general sports information only. Thanks for listening. And I am out of here.